The game after work. Mitch Fortner, David G, Travion Berkland. No Troy today. He'll be back tomorrow. Also be uh, doing the sports for him tomorrow morning. But uh, we've got another hour of the show. And here in just a moment, we'll be hearing from Gary Smith. He is a Tulane beat writer who's from New Orleans, Louisiana. Lucky him. I love, I love, love, love New Orleans as a great, great town. Um, Mentioned earlier that... uh, People tell you not to meet your heroes. You might not like what you hear, what you see, what you experience. Uh, You know what? Just got this notification on Twitter that uh, James (laughs) got to meet his hero at the chili cook-off. And that hero happens to be DG. Yes, sir. James is a good dude. He's a K-rocker and a K-manner. I guess K-manner. K-manner. Commander. Commander. He's a commander. He's a good dude. James, shout out to you, brother. It's uh, good to see you. I hope to see you this year, too, buddy. Uh, well, last night, Lindsay and I, we went to Kansas City, went to a comedy club, which, first time I've ever been to a comedy club. Uh, cool experience. Yeah. It was like a, it wasn't a long show. It was like an hour 45 or something like that, but been really looking forward to it. I got her tickets to go for her birthday. It was to Are You Garbage, which is our favorite podcast to listen to. It's these two guys that interview comedians, and they ask them a series of questions. They're usually random, but sometimes the same questions. And just to get to know them, they have crazy backgrounds. Comedians have the craziest backgrounds of growing up. And they ask him these random questions to determine if they're class or if they're garbage. (laughs) They are hilarious. It is a lot of fun. But they were coming to Kansas City. I was like, Lindsay, we got to go to this. Bought tickets the day they went on sale, and we went to see them last night. We met them afterwards. The coolest people. The nicest people. And then, so they did like a little meet and greet as everybody was leaving. I bought bought Lindsay a t-shirt, like a tour shirt that they had. Because they're going to be in Springfield, Missouri tonight or whatever. Uh, but uh, so Lindsay and I, then we go out for like a drink just right across the street. And as we're leaving, guess who is strolling up to the door? H. Foley, Kevin James Ryan from Are You Garbage, along with their producer, Toby McMullen. And so we, we, right we talked to him real quick again. And just a nice, one of them DM'd me this morning. Cool. Thanking me for coming. No way. I was like, that is just the coolest. Man. Like that couldn't gone any better. Dude, you're gonna be on the podcast soon. I think not the that pod. famous yet. But I would love to. <laughs> I think just playing the game, like the Are You Garbage game, like the questions are fun. Like it's it's questions like obviously anybody can answer, but they're like, hmm, I didn't. I, I guess I can relate to that, or yes, I did. You know, and I'm sure I they're... call it hamburger meat, not ground beef. <laughs> oh, st- oh, that's a great question. Dude, and I'm sure they get tired of hearing the same old st- questions over and over and over again. They go on that pod and they're like, people call it ground beef or hamburger meat, and I'm judging you. Well, and they have a Patreon, which is like, if you don't know what a Patreon mm-hmm. is, they like have this account where you can go support them like 10 bucks a month and you get more content. They do another show called Hard Feelings that's really good. Um, but uh, man, it was an awesome. incredible experience. Dude, that's sick. I'd go see him again. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. And Lindsay was more than thrilled. There was at one point, though, she's like, we were getting close to you. She's like, I want to take pictures with them by myself. I was like, the hell? I was like, just kicking me to the curb already? <laughs> what am I, mincemeat? <laughs> and then oh we get God. up there, we all take pictures together, and then she kicks me out of the group. <laughs> and one of them was like, man, I think I got a shot now. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh, she sold me out. No, it was, That's it was, awesome. It was fun. But I, I posted on Twitter, I mentioned the Ford, if you want to see Lindsay and I with uh, the RU Garbage crew. Right on. Uh, they're just the coolest people in the world. All right. 
Yeah, let's get to another uh, the Tulane Green Wave a little bit here. Um, it was a, a pleasure yesterday or two days ago. I recorded this two days ago to talk with uh, beat writer for the Tulane Green Wave. His name is Gary Smith. And first, Gary, Tulane actually last year did not have a great year whatsoever. Two and ten, they had just really struggled throughout the year. Even though week one, their first game, they nearly beat. Oklahoma oh, yeah. out of the gates, but what was the real reason? Like, what was the real issue that led to that two and ten season? Well, really, it was what happened with the with Hurricane Ida. Um, you can kind of throw out Tulane season last year. I think you can go back to what Tulane did the three previous years, which was they were basically a five hundred team that, that that crept into bowl games each one of those years. Um, but yeah, they 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 thought they were leaving New Orleans for two days when Hurricane Ida hit about a week before the Oklahoma game, and um, it turned into a month long deal where they were in Birmingham with all the sports teams in a hotel. Um, that had not even opened yet, um, with animals, dogs, cats, snakes, all kinds of other animals. It, it, and they had to practice, they had to lift weights at a high school, um, while they were there. They had to practice at Birmingham Legion Field, which is, which should probably be condemned. Um, it just wasn't, it was, it was a rough situation. Then they go to Oklahoma, almost beat them. Spencer Rattler, who, um, they thought they were playing a good quarterback. We, we learned that Spencer Rattler, as the year went along, wasn't so good. I think they thought they were better than they were after almost beating Oklahoma. At the end of their month long, nearly month long that night, Tulane was an exhausted football team. That was the best team they played all year long. It was just a bad situation and that killed their confidence. And then even when they came back to New Orleans, things weren't normal. Guys, the, the Louisiana players on the team that had their families' homes destroyed and stuff like that so you can really throw last year and also the 10 teams they lost to all went to bowl games it was a it was it was a combination of factors um but so i really think you can throw that out now having said that it's not like tulane was a juggernaut the, the years before that tulane was a solid team under willie fritz went seven and six seven and six and six and six in those three years but i think that's where that's the base that Tulane's starting from, not the two and ten that that we saw last year. Yeah, I mean, it was a big story when Tulane played Oklahoma and Norman, and yeah. and Oklahoma put all the you know the Tulane logos on the field. Right. And we remember Hurricane Ida, but we I don't think people mm-hmm. would expect that to be a huge issue for the season. I think that's completely yeah. forgotten about. Yeah, um, you know, it's just not easy being you're a college student. You're you're spending you're living in a hotel for a month, a crowded hotel um, as it was because it was every single Tulane at athletic teams you're having to still take classes online um and, and again just they, they it just it was not a good situation it, it, to even add add to it when they went to Ole Miss before the, they they brought they were going to New, back to New Orleans finally the day after that so Willie Fritz brought the entire team which you usually don't do on a road game and he got permission turned out Ole Miss has a tiny tiny visitors locker room and there was a lightning delay for two hours at the start of the game so too late before the game started so they were packed into the like sardines into a locker room then they have to go out and play and it was just it was just an ugly 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 night for for, for Tulane and, and it really did destroy their confidence they they have a ton of experience back on both sides of the ball they're 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 a much better team than they were last year yeah now having said that last year's team and any other Tulane team would have started off 2-0 playing UMass and Alcorn State in the first two games, so I don't think we can draw a whole lot yet. We're going to find out everything about this Tulane football team on Saturday in Manhattan, because we all know anything about this team right now. Well, even before the start of this year, I would say, even though the passing game wasn't always 100% on point, 
But Michael Pratt has been has been pretty impressive. His numbers say impressive: forty seven hundred yeah. yards, forty five touchdowns, and he's thrown sixteen picks. But I mean, talent wise, I mean, what stands out to you about Pratt? Yeah, he's he's, he's just a good quarterback. He, his true freshman year, um, he, he he didn't win the job in the preseason, and I, and I went to, Tulane's one of the few teams where all the practices are still open. I went to the practices, and 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 he he didn't win the job because he just wasn't quite good enough yet in, in practice. Um, the starting quarterback. Really, really struggled. Keon Howard in first quarter at Southern Miss, they're down. I think fourteen nothing. They finally put Michael Pratt in, and he's one of those guys who's a gamer. He was just a totally different player once the game started. So they ended up winning something like sixty-six to twenty-one. Um, he had a fantastic game. He still he was a true freshman, so he still had a lot to learn. But he he's got a lot of talent. Um, he 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 had a pretty good year as a true freshman. Um, obviously, last year he and everybody else on the team struggled. Um, but but he he's a talented guy, and and he really <laughs> he, he he's a better runner than people think. And he's really just he's got a knack. He throws an accurate ball. He he throws it to where the receivers don't have to adjust for it. And and he had a terrific game again. <laughs> take it with a grain of salt because it was against Alcorn State on Saturday, but he really he was he was leading his receivers into long games by by throwing the ball perfectly, and 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 he he's a quality quarterback. Tulane beat writer Gary Smith is our guest. From what I understand, Willie Fritz used a transfer portal to the best of his abilities to try to fill some holes. But around Pratt, who would you say are some of the main targets, both running and catching yeah. the football? Well, it's two-pronged because last year I would say Willie Fritz has a line um, that he loves to use about how he tries to recruit Division One caliber football players. Tulane's wide receiver core last year, not Division One football caliber players. They, they just had an awful year. In practice, they couldn't catch the ball. They couldn't get separation. In games, they couldn't catch the ball. They couldn't get separation. They're vastly improved this year. They have two huge transfers. They got Lawrence Keyes, who was a four-star recruit coming out of New Orleans when he went to Notre Dame. Didn't do a whole lot at Notre Dame, but he played a little um he transferred to to the team he, he he's just really good he, he he's the full package he, he runs good routes he's got good separation he's got good hands he's good after the catch and then they got day day mcdougall a transfer from maryland who actually played with michael pratt in high school in florida um was a big recruit when he went to maryland those two guys have made everybody else in the wide receiver room a lot better just because of the competition and that and that's the biggest difference i, I think tulane has good receivers now and i i, I would make a case that Tulane might have had the worst receivers as a collection in Division One in, in in the FBS last year. That's the way they played all year long. They had no confidence. They have a new wide receivers coach um, who was a head coach in Division Two um, and an offensive coordinator before he came to Tulane. He's doing a great job with those guys. So so that's the so that's an area where they're vastly improved. But the other area, Tulane has one of the best running backs in the country. So does Kansas State. <laughs> um, but Tajay Spears was going to have a monster year two years ago. He tore his ACL against Southern Miss um, that year, and that game was a bad one. Um, and last year, he really wasn't healthy the first half of the year. Finally, they, they cut him loose against Memphis in the regular season. Now he rushed for 264 yards. Um, they've kind of hidden him a little bit in the first two games this year because they're going to need him big time on Saturday. But he's another guy. He, he's a breakaway threat. He, he, he can break tackles. He's got just, he, he, he finds the holes really well. I think he's going to be the focal point of the offense. Um, if Tulane can block Kansas State, um, he, he, he can have a big day. So it, it's a pretty balanced offense. I think <laughs> again we'll find out. I mean, this is this is this is the test against. I mean, this Kansas State is much much better, obviously, than the first two teams Tulane has played, and and Willie Fritz has never beaten an F, um, a Power Five conference school in his coaching career. He's come very close. 
obviously against Oklahoma last year. He took Georgia, I think, to overtime when he was at Georgia Southern, but he's never won one of these games. And uh, obviously, as a 17-point underdog, he's not expected to win this one either. Well, Gary, I'd love to hear about Tulane's defense, which, I mean, you could probably draw comparisons with the offense from last year, yeah. maybe on a talent level, and also just struggling against the run in the past. I mean, you're not going to beat a whole lot of teams, but also the 5.8 yards per play. I mean, that that that's tough. That, that really is yeah. tough. But what's the difference yeah. now this year? Well, first of all, you can divide last year into two halves because the first seven games of last year, Tulane, again, probably had one of the worst five defenses in the country. Um, the East Carolina game, the Ole Miss and East Carolina just ran it, just did anything they wanted all game long against the Tulane defense. And it was a surprise because Tulane was fairly experienced coming back on defense. The last five games of last year, they actually were second in the American Athletic Conference to Cincinnati in in, in yards allowed. And Cincinnati was one of the teams they played in that stretch. So it's not like their schedule got a lot easier. They fixed most of those problems in the second half of last year. And the problem then was the offense went down the tubes in the last five games. So they only only had one win to show for it. They played UCF and held them to 14 points, lost 14 to 10. Um, They played Tulsa, held them to 14 points, lost in overtime. Um, So they did play a lot better, and and everybody's back. That's the real test because in the past, Tulane's been really good on defense before last year against teams that they matched up with talent-wise. They struggled against teams <laughs> that had more talent than them. And uh, a couple of years ago, they, they went to Memphis thinking they had a real chance to win and compete for the American Athletic Conference Championship. And Memphis scored touchdowns, I think, on six of their first seven possessions. And Tulane wasn't the same again that year either. So it'll be a big test. But, but their linebackers are, ter- are, are terrific. Um, Dorian Williams was the, pre- was the college football news preseason American Athletic Conference Player of the Year last year. He, like the rest of the team, didn't have a particularly good year. He's also a fast start this year, looking more like that type of player. Ten tackles in the opener and interception in the first quarter against Alcorn State. And Nick Anderson, um, his partner, um, is a three-year starter. Um, another really heady player, makes a lot of plays. Uh, so so we'll see. Um, they, <laughs> Kansas State is primarily a running team. Um, we'll find out if Tulane's defensive line can hold up against those guys. If they can, I think the linebackers are good enough to, to, to make some plays. Okay, Gary, well, to wrap up, K-State will uh, make the return visit, in, uh, and I'm sure a lot of K-State fans are looking forward to it because it's New Orleans, and uh, that'll be in 2024, <laughs> so it's two years away. So, And I love New Orleans. I've been many times. Yeah. I love it down there, a family that lived there. we got to hear, uh, what's, your, what's your Cajun food spot? Where's the place to go? Um, there's so many great places to yeah. eat in New Orleans. Um, I, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're trying to narrow it down to one. Um, I that that that's a tough one for me. Um, uh, Pascal Manali is an Italian place. Every every place in New Orleans has a good has good Cajun influence. Um, so I, I I don't really have a great answer for you uh, on that one. But you, the thing about New Orleans is you can't go wrong. You can go to a hole in the wall restaurant that nobody's ever heard of, and it's and it can, it'll turn out being some of the some of the best food in your, you've ever eaten in your life. Well, Gary, I can tell you here in Manhattan, we got some pretty decent eats, and uh, we don't have Bourbon Street necessarily, but Aggieville is a good time. So, Gary, greatly appreciate your time and safe travels up to Manhattan. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Big thank you to Gary Smith joining us here on The Game. You'll also hear that interview one more time coming up on Powercat Game Day this Saturday, which will start at 10 a.m. The network will take over at noon, and then kickoff officially is at 2.02 from Bill Sider Family Stadium against Tulane. Gary. I'm sorry. Hold on. There you go. Gary.
Dare. Don't do it. Oh, okay. Dang it. I, I thought we were, I thought we were cool. Well, did you see how his name is spelled, actually? Yeah, I Gar- know. Very Cajun. <laughs> it is, Gary is spelled G-U-E-R-R-Y. Yeah. I'd never seen Gary spelled that way, but I figured. I was like, it's just a different way to spell Gary. Yeah, Gary or Jerry. It could have been Jerry. Maybe his name's Jerry. Smith. Either way, dude... You're going to go to New Orleans in 2024? I'm going to like show up at his house and be like, here's the deal. Where's the best Cajun food? Stop beating around the Get bush. Get us an Uber and yeah, let's go. Let's go, baby. Like We're getting drunk and I'm going to figure out why the heck your parents spelled your name like that. Now, have you have you been to New Orleans? I have never been. I want to go so bad. But I just have this weird feeling I'm going to get super hand-boned and get in <laughs> trouble, and I don't want to get in trouble. Well, I tell you, so we were actually talking off-air about New Orleans. Like, yeah. after we wrapped up the interview, we got to talking about it, and we both, like, agreed, like, so most of the locals don't do Bourbon Street. Right, right. There is, uh, there is like, a nether street. It's, like, three or four blocks long. That's kind of like Bourbon Street, but... I, for those who don't know, there's like a lot of strip clubs. Right on. On, on Bourbon oh. Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that kind of street for right. these local, where the locals go. Right. But there's a lot of live music and stuff, and it's a lot of fun. I've done that. But we both agreed. Gary Smith and I both agreed. Bourbon Street's a good time. Yeah. It's a good time. I mean, just the people watching. The people watching. It gets very busy on the weekends, but I, I suggest it on like a Wednesday night. Right. It's a good time. I want to go so bad. I'm going to hit up Gary when I get there, too. Oh, and the food, it is my favorite spot in the United States for food. I like it more than New York City. I really do. And my my recommendation is a place called uh, The Gumbo Shop, which is in the French Quarter. It's a little bit off of Bourbon Street. But, man, the gumbo is phenomenal. Nice. It is good stuff. What about uh, Popeye's? What if you just went down there and (laughs) Like a chain, like Michael Scott. I'm gonna get me a New York slice. Go That's tomorrow. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't. I've never seen a Popeyes in actual New Orleans. <laughs> Damn, they're I don't like, think they allow them in city limits. No, they're like hell no. You ain't coming in here. Come on, Popeyes. But the trick also on Bourbon Street, like the drinks are can be expensive. There's a few cheaper places, or you can just like walk up to a place and like get a drink and start walking around stuff. Because yeah. in, in New Orleans, you can walk around with an open container. That's what I'm talking anywhere about. Anywhere in city limits. Yeah. Um, but the trick is like there's like a CVS. It's like a CVS or a Walgreens right there on the corner mm-hmm. as you go onto Bourbon Street, and you can go get like a giant 24 ounce beer for three bucks. Yeah. And just take a stroll and people watch. Yes. It's a good time. I'm going. Uh, you know, when we come back, let's talk a little bit more about this two lane matchup next. You know, Trey, I think I said it last time. This is weird to hear this without the lyrics. You can say that about multiple beds we play on this, but this one in particular. Yeah, that thing. Hey, I, you know what? I hate to be, you know, I hate to be a snitch here, but. Big hey, man, snitches get stitches. Stitches, you know. I know, but Big Steve was playing some beds. I go, go ahead, get it out of your system. Mitch isn't here to give you a hard time. And he goes, oh, I know. Mitch knows. Mitch knows about this. What was it? I don't know. Was it Lincoln Park? It sounded like two copiers. If you like put two copiers together and then like 
You sent like 35 different uh, like faxes at the same time. It was some industrial hard metal weirdness. <laughs> I just I, – I, I hope uh, I hope that Esteban Gigante comes in here and plays it for you so you can say never play that again because it was one of the worst things. It sounded like dinosaurs like fighting. It was terrible. 537-1350 is our number. Are you worried? Or are you feeling pretty good about this matchup against Oof. the Tulane Green Wave? Not talking about necessarily losing to them, just if you think it'll be a close one or you think the Cats will uh, easily pull off the victory. If you have a thought, go ahead and give us a call. Yeah. Um, before I do touch on that, because I do want to bring up a topic that D.Y. and I were discussing earlier about, you know, could this be a letdown type of game for K-State? I'll give you my two cents here in just a second. But uh, uh, have you ever heard of Pat Ford uh. with a – Sports Illustrated? Yeah, I saw uh, him. Yeah, article earlier today is college football's most and least picturesque stadiums. Idiot. And uh, somebody put out a tweet earlier that like he's a Missouri grad or something. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know that for sure, but I'll take their word for it, I guess. Um, so doing a little scrolling here. And uh, – so it kind of goes back and forth with gyms and dumps. Like a gym, the first one was Kid Brewer Stadium. That's Appalachian State. Uh, a dump, it's at Kyle Field at yeah. Texas A&M. I've never actually been like inside Kyle Field. I've been outside of it. I just don't remember. Uh, but the whole uh, Midnight Yell thing, the videos that got out uh, mm-hmm. from that one before the actual Appalachian State game. Yikes. That's a tough look, Texas a and That was a real tough look. They've had a tough week as far as that kind of stuff goes. Yeah. They've had some bad stuff. Yeah. But then the next, or I should say the next dump that comes on this list, Bill Snyder Family Stadium. The caption is, it's in the Little Apple, which is a bad place to start. Mm. And the castle-like structure added to one side only reinforces the fact that that the rest of the stadium is quite ordinary. Wow. Um, Pat, K-State football, K-State Athletics just released a video. Mm-hmm. Go watch that video. Yeah. And then get back to us about how picturesque Bill Snyder Family Stadium is. I think it was Checkmate from <laughs> K-State. Absolutely. With that video that was posted. Picturesque. Uh, yes, the bill is very much so. And get out of here with this Pat nonsense. 40. Well, you got an E at the end of your name, pal? <laughs> What's that all about? That's not very picturesque. <laughs> let's see. Uh, let's see. What was another dump in here? Uh, Daryl K. Royal Stadium, uh, Texas. I thought that, you know, it's uh, it's all right. It's not bad. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What was another dump here? Uh, the G- uh, JMA Wireless Dome. It used to be obviously the Curator Dome. Syracuse oh, yeah, yeah, is a yeah. dump. I, I, I could probably agree with that one. Uh, that's about it. All right. Anyway, um, I know this was an article from Kasten Online uh, that I wanted to bring up as a topic as well with DY and could get DG's thoughts here in just a moment as well. But uh, for some, this has been named as like potentially a letdown game for K State against Tulane, the Green Waver. They're two and zero. I mean, they just they they beat the hell out of UMass, which. It may not be the worst. That's probably reserved for Hawaii this year. Hawaii has looked god awful. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they were absolutely embarrassed by Vanderbilt. Oof. That's not. That's, that's a home. tough look. That's a tough look. Um, so the when it comes to what the FBS has to offer, Hawaii might be the worst. UMass is one of the worst. 
they're going to be terrible this year. Then Alcorn State was like a 500 team last year. They're not too great either. And I, I agree with Gary Smith. Like we're going to learn about uh, Tulane against this game against K State. Like, okay, can they actually keep up with a team like the Wildcats? But also, it's where the game lands. It's right in between Missouri, which of course the fans, the team, way up for that game. SEC team, former rival, was in town. Even though it was raining, people were pumped. No doubt about that. They were all in on that one. And then after this game is going to be against Oklahoma on the road to open Big 12 play, Fox, primetime kickoff, 7 o'clock, a huge game. Then you can add maybe some may consider this a factor because K-State is like 0-3 when they go with an alternate of some sort. They did it three times in 2019. Um, So if that's a factor to you, okay. Uh, To me, I I would not consider this – a letdown, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. I really, when I think about it, it, I go to the defense. The defense through two games have been incredible. Uh, a couple of mistakes here and there. It, it's not anything that isn't what could be easily fixable. Just a couple of discipline things. Um, but um, if I was playing on that defense that knows it's really good, I would be just foaming at the mouth if I was Daniel Green or Felix Indudike Uzama or Kobe Savage, Julius Brintz, to be able to take on a team that's still a non-con that should be a little bit better than what you've seen potentially offensively. Potentially offensively what you've seen so far, but you get that one extra time right before Big 12 play to just tear somebody up. Every game you have an opportunity, you know how good you are to go tear somebody up. And they have been so good on all three levels, defensive line, linebacker, and secondary. I don't think as a, as a defense that good, you see a game as one you can just look past. And, and Coach Kleiman, actually, he commented on this. He doesn't feel like the team is going to be thinking ahead to Oklahoma. No way. We can't. We're not good enough to do that. Tulane's too good a football team to do that. We talked about this before we played South Dakota, and I appreciate our upperclassmen, our senior six-year guys, talking to me and talking to the team about it's about us, not about the opponent. That showed me great maturity by those guys to say, Coach, we don't need to tell you, have you tell us anything about what South Dakota's like. We don't need to have you tell us what Missouri's like. We all know who the opponents are. It's about us and our preparation. These guys know it. There are no shortcuts to success. And for the secondary, there's a good chance. I mean, this might be their best test to this point. And the quarterback for Tulane, and his name is Michael Pratt, he's better than Brady Cook of Missouri. He he is a better quarterback. I was watching some film on him earlier today against Alcorn State, and there was a play that was really impressive where, I mean, the pressure was right up the middle. I mean, he was dead to rights. He was going to be sacked. It was going to be like a 10-yard line. The blitz was coming right at him. As he's getting tackled, he leans back, fires a dart to the sideline, and turned it into a five-yard completion. Mm. It was very accurate. So this is going to be a step up, at least quarterback-wise, in competition, I think. So you can't look past that. No. This is a, a quarterback that has plenty of experience. Willie Fritz is their coach who's been a head coach for a very long time at just about every level of college football. He won a couple of JUCO national championships. Sam Houston State made it to a couple of national championships 
against uh, North Dakota State. So Coach Kleiman has is familiar with him. Had a couple of nice years at Georgia Southern. Now at Tulane, now playing in the American. Hasn't been as successful. His best year has been seven wins. But you know his team is going to be fired up. And K-State's going to be fired up. And not to mention, I think the K-State fan base is going to be fired up. Because you know you have a great team. You know that defense is off the charts. They're through the roof. They're going to have some big numbers this year. They're going to be just incredibly good this year. I think they can be the best defense in the Big 12. This team, we talked about it off the air. This defense is nasty. There's no doubt about it. They're going to be far more talented um, than Tulane. Um, First of all, if you look up trap game in the dictionary, this is the definition of it. An unranked opponent, you're at home. They're je- they're not a traditionally good football team. They're coming off a ten- two and ten season. This is in between two very big games for us. This is a trap game, no doubt about it. But it's up to K State. It's up to these players to be ready for these guys and put them away early. Get them done early. Get it over with. Don't let these guys hang around, gain confidence, and end up biting you. It's it, it is a trap game. It's up to you to get yourself out of that and beat these guys clean. Also, shout out to Jeff Burkhart on Twitter. Willie Fritz was the head coach at Blinn when Michael Bishop was there. Yeah, he's seen some good football. He knows how to coach. So this will be the best the best quarterback we have seen, no doubt. This kid can play. Um, but like I said, it is, it is for, for, if we're calling it like we're calling it, it is a trap game for sure. It's up to K-State and the players and the coaches to lift themselves out of that rut and be ready to roll and put these guys away. Yeah. If the cats show up checked in and ready to play and not looking forward to Oklahoma, like they are completely focused on Tulane. It should not be a close game. Right. It really should not. I watching Tulane play earlier today. I was not impressed with the running game. Mm -mm. I was not. And plus, I mean, they their defense saw mostly run. They saw mostly run in the two games combined so far. I think in the most, I'm trying to do some quick math, like they saw maybe 25 passes in two games, and they've seen way more in the running game. Way more in the running game. And they did a pretty decent job. But they have not played anybody yet. They have not played anybody yet. This is completely different when it comes to competition that Tulane has seen this year. Talk about cupcakes, and and Gary said it in the last segment during the interview that anybody, their two and ten team last year, could have smoked UMass and Alcorn State last year. So this is completely different. I still say K State is winning by three possessions mm-hmm. or three uh, three scores. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but they got to become ready to play and not let this be a letdown. All right, uh, so here's the deal. I, I, this went long. We need to get to number one song of the day. Um, the thing is, I gotta go. Mm-hmm. And so, would you two be cool after a quick break, just covering the rest of the show? You all right with yeah, that? Yeah, dude, we all got right. this. All right. So, number one song of the day, Alaska City thing, yeah. is next with DG and Travion.
1979. Babe by Styx. The time is drawing This is number one song of the day. Big Steve, Small Trey, Medium Dave. Is that his nickname now? Yeah, Small Ooh, Trey. I'm a little hot there. Small Trey. Is that good? You like that? I like that. There we go. That's comfy. That's comfy right Whatever there. to block out this song. Uh, two weeks at number one, like I said. Uh, Chicago is the spot that Stick started themselves. 1972. Do you know this song at all, Big No, Steve? I don't. I actually have not heard very much Sticks. I knew they existed, but I've never really like actually heard any of their music. Huh. They stink, but this is their biggest. This is their best song. Yeah, you can bring it down a little bit. We don't need to be hearing it at this volume, man. This is right. dreadful. Go ahead and crank it louder. Okay. <laughs> wow. No. <laughs> this band established itself with a prog rock sound in the 70s and everybody was like thanks a lot yeah and they started going pop rock and soft rock in the 80s because that was better uh supposedly i don't know right. um these guys a bunch of stuff about them i like lady by sticks better lady that song is so it's much the same fun. song Tr- okay it's the same. It's I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this right now. You're about 15 seconds from getting Ooh. the boot. Ooh. I have had it with you today. Well, I'm headed to Chicago tomorrow, anyways. So. To see Sticks. No, that's a good segue. No. Trey's going to go see Sticks. Uh, in 1972, the band members decided to choose a new name. They were going by the trade. The trade wins. <laughs> What kind of name is a trade That's a crappy name. They said, yeah, let's try something else. And so they were like, uh, the sticks. How and they spelled sticks? it weird, too. Yeah. It's like S-T-Y-X or something like they that. They chose right? it because it's the only one that uh, nobody hated. Um, Dennis DeYoung, the lead singer, wrote this as a B-Day present for his wife, Suzanne. Okay, then just give it to your wife. You yeah, just keep it from us. 1979, man, what a year, you know, to have this going on. Uh, I'm sorry if you're a Styx fan, um, but this this stinks. What do you think? What do you think, Travion? I like this song. I think it's actually oh. kind of a banger. Oh. But okay. Uh, but Underrated when I look at opinion. everything else Styx has done, I'm like, they stink. <laughs> What, what? I like Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto when yeah. I was a kid, but like... Oh, wait, they was, wrote that? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I've heard one stick song then. Yeah. One. And that's a good one. You and don't I mean, like that anymore, Trey. I can't, I can't yeah, get into it. bring this a little bit down. Yeah, what do you... You don't, you don't like it? No. Um, but they also have Come Sail Away, which I mean, that's a classic. Okay, I know two too. stick songs. great yeah. song. Oh my god, wait a minute. Do we like sticks? They it's got like a lot Night of rock staples, but, you know. It's like Night Ranger. Everybody hates Night Ranger, and then you start listening. It's like, oh, dude, I love Night Ranger. Did they? What What? what songs do they have, Night Ranger? I don't know. It's Motor just a joke. Oh, yeah, Motor. Oh, wait a minute. we got to get back on. This is the only number one hit in the U.S. for Sticks. By far their biggest hit in the U.K. is their only song to make the top 40. They moved on in 1999 without Dennis DeYoung, and to everyone's surprise, they were still going. Uh, Babe immediately jettisoned from their set lists, (laughs) along with Mr. Roboto. My God. 
So just a terrible concert. Wow. Yeah. You go and you're like, I can't believe it. I'm seeing Sticks. And then they don't play. And then they don't Mr. play either of those. When yeah. I think of Sticks, the first thing I think of is the episode of that 70s show when Eric's like, oh, I'm going to go get Sticks tickets. And like he waits in line overnight and no one else is there but him the next day. <laughs> Some and parallels. Like, yeah, we got plenty life. of Sticks tickets for you. Some parallels to real life here. Uh. Boy, yeah, uh, sticks, uh, they stink. We're at five, uh, we're at five tell, four and a half tell. What do you think? You think we shut this down and go ask us anything? Yes. Let's do it. Please. You get us out when you get us out. I got a good one. First of all, we didn't get a chance to ask you, Trey, what makes you cringe? What's a really cringy oh, yeah. thing for you? Yesterday. Yeah, uh, yesterday, like for instance, for me, it's when I see my Facebook memories pop up. I go, oh. Yeah, mine was my baby God. photos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mine's definitely like when I find like recordings or something of myself from like, middle school. I Old said social that. media accounts. I should like, That's that. a big thing, especially with my group. Yeah. Like, they'll find like your old Instagram yeah, from like, middle like, school and you're like, your Beanie was not a good idea. Your Zanga account? <laughs> Zanga. Is that not? Is Farmville. That- it's oh a- God! You just unlocked a core memory. I don't like that. <laughs> Let's move on now. What was your What was the first social media uh, thing you used? Do you remember? Facebook when I was in third yeah. grade. Wow. Mine was also. I Facebook. lied and said I was like forty. Actually, was no. YouTube. Can you count that as social media? No. Come on. Maybe in the early days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe back in the day, day when you could like do video replies to people's videos. Right. For sure. Um. Hey, would you rather Wednesday? Uh, would you rather have Baby Shark stuck in your head or the Huggies, I'm a big kid now, Jingle, stuck in your head forever? Hands down, the Huggies one, because it already is. Oh, I'm a big kid now. Toot, toot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's well better written. Definitely. It's oh, a banger, yeah. man. It's slaps. Because Baby Shark's just do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah. What's funny is I knew Baby Shark when I was like growing up, you know, going camping and whatnot, like, you know, summer camp. They do that, and then these... I guarantee you those kids came home to their parents and went, guess what we learned at camp? And they're like, oh, nobody owns the copyright on this? Oh, mm. we're about to just make a gazillion dollars. And I'm mad because I didn't think of it first. Oof. A missed opportunity, For Big sure. Steve. For sure. Um, if a private detective stuck their nose into your life, what what do you think they would say about you? Mm. That uh, who you see in public is definitely not who all I am. Oh, my God. Yeah. I hide a lot. You, hide a lot of stuff, Dude, man. you know what, man? One day we're going to have a whole episode based on Big Steve. And no. we're, we're gonna, you're going to open up. No. You're going to sing. No. You're going to play the instruments. You're going to tell us your deep, darkest secrets. Well, that's only like the surface level stuff, See? Man. See? I think you've killed a Some guy. Some of the stuff I, 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 don't can't, know why. I can't say on the air. See? I just know you've killed someone. And I make a lot of fun <laughs> of you. And now I'm scared. <laughs> Travion, I think they would say you work a lot. Yeah, they'd probably be like, you're never home. Yeah, they're like, uh, don't worry, he's not doing anything weird because he's always at work. I'm like also never home either, so like I feel that. (laughs) But you, hmm, I just know, there's just something about you I know you've murdered. (laughs) Murder, death, kill is what you've done. You should be scared. I am. I'm terrified. Look at me, you should be scared. I know. Listen, I'm scared, but I'm running (laughs) the show, baby. Hey... One more. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think I've asked this one, but I, I don't think I've asked you guys. If you were, let's say you were dating someone and you found out that their past five relationships, that person is now dead. 
would you still date them? I want the easy way out. Hell wow, yes. Wow, Steve. <laughs> you've gotten dark, man. Um, If I'm going by Adam's family values, <laughs> I'm going to say no. Because... Yeah. What, you don't like the Adam's family? No, I do. But, you know... Christopher Walken made it bad. The strangest okay. answers we've ever Walken. had to ask What's him. Christopher <laughs> <Walken>. <laughs> hey, what do we got coming up next? I think we got volleyball. Uh, well, it's ESPN, ESPN for like half an hour, and yeah. then volleyball's on the 645 tonight. Right on. Uh, Chris, Chris Kleiman show on K-Rock, 101.5 yes, K-Rock. 7 o'clock. Um, and yeah, then we uh, coming back at you in 24 tomorrow, hours. And the best segment of the show tomorrow, do they know it, too? Yeah. Thursday, you know? Peace. So, that's you.